Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. Amazing. Sensational. Dramatic. Heart-rending. Exciting. Thrilling. Finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. This is Mike Burnham. This is West Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Hi, this is Chuck Foreman, number 44 of the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vine, the boogie-woogie man. This is Coach Fry with Virginia Tech Football, and you are listening to Big Dog Sports Talk. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. 101.7, 103.5, and AM 1460. Streaming worldwide at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the big dog, Rick Watson. soar high sometimes they're actually putting forth a great effort sometimes they're just letting the breeze carry them you go wow it's kind of cool to be able to do that it is tuesday good morning hope you're well wherever you might be in and around the nrb and beyond 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 take your team hotline's always open for you at 639-4900 text line seven. 7- 442990. You can email me, Rick at New River Radio. Send me a message on Messenger. A lot of folks have been doing that as well. Anyway, you'd like to uh, communicate. That's why I get up and do this every morning. Mike Burnett joins us at 705, Jermaine Farrell at 735. And then uh, David Smith will round out the National Football League divisional playoff weekend and start to look at the championship games coming up this Sunday. And we'll get your thoughts on whatever may be on your mind. It was kind of a uh, a blasé sports night, right? You had no football. I mean, uh, Joel Embiid had 70 points, but it's the NBA. I don't know how many people are going, whoa, wow, that was exciting. North Carolina won again. Again, they blow out Wake in the second half. They were down by one at halftime and outscored them by 22 in the second half. R.J. Davis at 36. Telling you, man, 
And the heels have that look about them right now. They really do. And there'll be more games tonight within the top 25. I think Duke is at Louisville in uh, ACC action. And uh, Virginia Tech back in action against BC tonight. It's the late game. Ooh, Mike Burnup won't be happy about that. That's the 9 o'clock game for the ACC Network. Because, you know, it's a Tuesday, and I'm sure nobody has to get up and go to work tomorrow in and around Blacksburg. So you can go hang out till about 1130, the time you get out of the parking lot, maybe quarter to 12, right? Yeah. Tech, by the way, five-and-a-half-point favorites. See if they can build on their win, which I think they will. Um, even other teams have the same overall record. BC's just two and five. So that's a nine tonight, a niner. Not ideal. And they're doing the dreaded blackout. Call the neighbors, wake the kids. Let's bring out uniforms that have nothing to do with our current color scheme. But hey, I digress. So we'll get your thoughts on all that. I had had an interesting text message from Steve yesterday because... You know, you sometimes when the peeps send me something, it really gets my, my mind going a little bit. You know, and it was when we kind of just gloss, we didn't gloss over it. I guess we just kind of briefly mentioned. You remember when I mentioned, and it's gotten a lot of rounds too, the whole NFL Super Bowl logo and the color scheme that have matched the last two years and this year has 49ers and Ravens. Well, Steve sent a link, and there was this preview to a contest that has to do with Super Bowl 58. And this was written a couple of months ago, or maybe last month. No, it was written last month, or earlier in January, whatever it was. And in the, in the description of the event, it talks about you know, coming to celebrate the Super Bowl and take part in blah, blah, blah. The Super Bowl between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. Huh? I mean, this this thing stated the two teams that would be playing in the Super Bowl. Now, look, everybody has their conspiracy theories, and I got to be honest, as I've gotten older, you lose your naivete as it were. I I question a lot of the things that I see in sports. I don't think they are by the board or I don't think there's a large majority of it that's staged. But it does, when you see these things like that, I get why you ask the question. And Steve was asking me, he was like, how much thing? How many sports? I mean, hang on. Let me look at this. Just Rick, heard you talking about the Super Bowl logo. It is interesting. Over the years, how many things do you think haven't been legitimate in sports? Love the show, Steve. And that's a good question because it's it's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. But yeah, I do wonder. I wonder at times, I wonder why there's such a pushback from everywhere when you decide to focus on the officiating, right? 
that kind of makes you wonder a little bit. I think when you don't hold anyone accountable for anything, then if you are one of these folks that falls into the whole conspiracy theory about sports, about outcomes, and about how games are called, it feeds into it because then you have the powers that be that are ignoring the culprits. Just like if you were a, a mob boss or an evil businessman trying to get away with $100 million. That's not a lot of money today, is it? If you were trying to get away with $1 billion, kind of like Dr. Evil, <laughs> and you hired folks to run interference for you, to run your schemes, and you were still trying to act under the guise that you had nothing to do with and you're innocent, when someone approached you about these people, you wouldn't protest a whole lot because you knew they were working for you. Follow what I'm saying? Look at any movie that has a plot like that. Well, it kind of makes you wonder sometimes. The blind support that these leagues have over these officials in particular and some of the calls that are made make you think, well, the reason they're (laughs) supporting them is because they're in cahoots with them, right? Anyway, it does get you thinking. It does get your mind going a little bit because we watch and we see and Again, I don't think this is a a widespread thing. And in theory, it seems like it would be just a ridiculous endeavor to try to undertake to have your Super Bowl participants already decided heading into January. And I don't know why they listed those two teams. Maybe because they were each the top seeds. I don't know. Maybe they just did that, but the way it was worded, it didn't sound like what could have been a matchup between... It was, hey, come watch Super Bowl 58 between the Ravens and the 49ers. And then you have that logo. So I'm just saying, I I just... I understand... Let's put it this way. I don't just dismiss somebody when they come to me, and I hear this a lot, you know, wherever I'm at. It would be talking casually. I don't dismiss somebody's concern because I get it. I mean, I do get it. You think about it, especially in the NFL, they hold everyone accountable except for the officials. They hold any players who wear the wrong socks and shoes, they get fined. Illegal hits get fined. Complaining about the officials gets fined. Coaches, same thing. You get reprimanded and fined. Can't, I mean, you can't come out and say anything. Can't do it. Don't do it. Can't do it. But yet, you can have an official decide to basically decide the entire outcome of even a postseason game. I don't believe that's really happened yet. But you can have that happen, and the league won't say a thing. And I get it. It does create, and it's the same thing in every college, you know, every college conference is the same way. So when you do see things like, hey, come enjoy the Super Bowl between the Ravens and the 49ers, uh, we're still playing playoff games. <laughs> we're still playing playoff games, right? And you're telling us who's going to win? So we'll see. Text message, last NBA day, 1978, Gervin and Thompson going for scoring title. 
Thompson had 73. Iceman had 63. Oh, that, now that I do think, yes. Yes. I think whenever there are records at stake, absolutely. I don't know if they're staged with the other team, but you're going to see them go about their way to get the record. The most controversial one I can remember lately, remember Michael Strahan getting the sacks record? Wasn't it Brett Favre? When Strahan came in on him and Favre just kind of, once he grabbed Favre's shoulder pad or something, he, he kind of slid down so he could have the sack record. Then he got up and he patted him on the helmet or something like that. Remember that controversy with Strahan and the sack record? Absolutely. I, I do. When there's records at stake, I, I don't know how much the other team really cares. Or a scoring title. Sure. But I just don't know. I just don't know. There's a lot of vitriol still being thrown at last year's Super Bowl, the defensive holding call that was called when more egregious things weren't throughout the game, and they threw it at the the time that decided the football game. You think about it, it's, it's kind of hard to digest, except the league didn't seem to care. Last year's Super Bowl was decided because of a penalty fly. And the league just kind of swept it under the rug. So these theories, I mean, people always want to dismiss people who are suspicious, but I think it's the people who are suspicious about things that are going on that kind of keep the world going as honestly as we have it now, which isn't very honest, right? When you're watching things like, I don't care what it is, what's going on at the border, the lies that are being told, election fraud, uh, whatever, lies by the media, misrepresentation on purpose to feed some kind of other agenda. In sports, it's the same thing. Now, when you go into the Super Bowl, Right, So the Super Bowl ratings are going to be lights out whether the, the Lions win. I mean, Lions, Chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, Ravens, Lions, 49ers, Chiefs, whatever it might be. I mean, it's going to be watched, the most watched program of the year. It always sets a new record. I just saw where the Saturday night playoff game between the 49ers and the Packers is the most watched television event on a Saturday evening in the last 30 years. So the NFL knows it's rolling. But yeah, there are times you do. And I guess this is a roundabout way to answering Steve's inquiry the best I can. I don't constantly show up thinking something is going on in a game. I don't. Because I know how much hard work goes into it, being down at RU and watching. You know, in other words... These college kids and these coaches, if there's anything going on, it doesn't trickle down to that level. So I don't walk around thinking something like that's happening, but when somebody shows you all this evidence, this whole Super Bowl thing does have me a little curious. It really does. It does have me a little curious. Because it is making its rounds pretty heavily around Twitter. And the NFL, of course, not saying a word about it. And this publication that listed this um, fan contest that mentioned the Ravens and the 49ers. It was a news statement or a a statement that was sent out by the NFL. (laughs) So I guess that means Sunday 
49ers and Ravens are going to win, right? We'll see. We'll see. Text message, the rest, on the other hand, I wouldn't put it past them. Correct. And we'll get into that, too. That's a great point because I think there is a huge difference, and we'll talk about that. And There's already been documented proof that it's happened. The NBA, Tim Donahue's story, and in college football, it's happened over the years because you have individuals who might go rogue against their crew. They might work out some kind of deal to get points, whatever it might be. Sure, absolutely. And I'll tell you another group that I believe has been guilty of it over the years. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Just getting started. I don't know. It's an interesting discussion here on this Tuesday. Stay with us. Bob, Mark, and Ron each kind of sent text messages with the same thought process here. That they feel like if this game between the Ravens and the Chiefs has anything suspicious go on, that that's exactly what the NFL wants. Because if the Chiefs win, then all of a sudden you've got all these new eyes that want to watch that game because of Taylor Swift. And let's be honest, it's on CBS. We know they love the whole thing anyway. And there's a lot to that, and I believe there's a lot of truth to that sentiment. So it's almost like it's a can't-lose situation for them in the AFC. The Ravens are clearly the better team. If the Chiefs go in there and beat them and something happens, then yeah. I mean, how many times are they going to show her on Sunday in the championship game? Now, it's the early game. It's at 3 o'clock. It's not like it's in prime time. But... Nonetheless, it won't matter. So that's that's a very sound thought process by all of you gentlemen as well. And it makes perfect sense. You could see that being the case. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you can watch the game and you understand the Ravens have been the best team all year, but sometimes... There might be other reasons the league wants a different (laughs) outcome. Maybe that's the biggest one. Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. I just wish it would stop. I just wish it would all stop with the whole Taylor Swift nonsense. And it's just, it's not even annoyance. It's just, I just don't care. I don't, it doesn't add anything. And at this point, I'm not sure those people are still watching the game that were on to it early. I don't think those young teeny boppers, those young females are still watching a game And now as we get this late in the playoffs because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's a good thought, yeah. That's why I watch the condensed game. It's just so bad. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm with you. And the leagues and the network, very unapologetic about that coverage. 
Matter of fact, it cost Al Michaels a chance to broadcast a playoff game. Good discussion. Get your thoughts on it. 744-2990. Mike Burnup, Jermaine Farrell, and David Smith here on a Tuesday. minutes before the top of the hour. Mike well, Burnham joins us at 7 o'clock. To be free, but you know, it's interesting. No Getting interesting text messages about all this, because this is obviously on people's minds, and nobody's outraged. They're just, it's curiosity more than anything, right? I think that's what it is about all these things. And the one group that I think there are some suspicions, and I don't mean it as a collective group, but I think there are rogue officials in all sports that look to circumvent things because they have something going on. I mean, it was unveiled in the NBA, and it was a very bad scandal. It really almost destroyed the league. I do believe there are college officials that probably are I hate to use the take, use the uh, the phrase on the take, but you watch some of these games. Let's put it this way: when I've worked with a lot of college basketball coaches and talked to a lot, just in casual conversation, one of the biggest things they're concerned about every game they want to see who the crew is at the game. Right? <laughs> they want to find out who the crew is so they can sit there and try to talk to other coaches about them and and, and try to figure out. You know, are they, and I know what it is, it's are they going to give us a good call? An honest call is what I hear a lot. A good whistle. We're going to get a good whistle tonight. But the biggest thing that I think is frustrating for college basketball coaches, and this is what happens a lot, there's a forum every week that the coaches can send in any concerns they have about officiating or about certain calls and they get the appropriate lip service you know they get the sympathetic ear oh yes well we're definitely you know we're gonna look into that or hey but inevitably every time that coach has said nothing happens I don't hear anything everything just kind of goes away and then it happens again you know what I'm saying it just has a it's a repeat wash, rinse, and repeat type of syndrome. And that's within conferences. And I don't know what it is. You know, we've always asked the question why officials aren't more accountable. We don't get an answer. I think that accountability, availability, would alleviate a lot of the concerns, but it doesn't happen. And I've never liked the fact, and I guess now you have to look at it differently because a lot of these college kids are making more money than us. (laughs) But before the NIL, and you just had, you know, student athletes, you know, they're required to go up, talk to the media after the game. Not even talking about coaches because it's their job making millions of dollars in many cases or lots of money. 
even after a tough loss, they have to go up. But, you know, the officials never have had to. And I don't think they should have to every game, right? I mean, but if something pops up and it's really controversial, then they should have that referee, the, the crew chief of whatever sport it is, there to explain what was going on. You know, I, I think that's a legitimate thing that should be happening. I don't even think it's a situation where you're always accusing because you lose. Well, they must have cheated. I don't, it's not that. People try to dismiss it as that, but it's not. Text message, I always look at how many free throws each team had. Usually it goes to the team with the most. Sad. But this is the thing I look at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and usually it's in the home team's favor by a large margin. Not always. But sometimes, well, it depends on the team, I guess, traveling as well, right? So we shall see if there's any controversy this weekend. But the thought that you all had about the Chiefs being more beneficial for the NFL, making the Super Bowl again, probably correct. Now that you think about the whole Taylor Swift nonsense. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens have been, like I said, the Ravens have been the best team. I mean, you can just watch the game. I'm not a Ravens fan, but you just got to sit back and go, wow, they're the best team. So if something happens that takes that game away from them, then there's going to be more side-headed turns about what's going on. But it does make you wonder. And look, let me just tell I'll tell you this. I won't name any names, but just talking to as many coaches as I have in Division I college basketball, I bet you, and this isn't an exaggeration, I bet you 90% of the coaches feel like officiating crews are dishonest. All right? I, I say that with utmost confidence that about 90% of head coaches are probably not only worried about bad calls, but thinking that their team's not going to get a fair shake. And in most cases, they're right. I sit courtside and I watch some of these things happen. And, you know, it's inevitable that in a lot of cases that and sometimes you'll have a great first half, especially when you're on national TV. You know, we played Longwood on ESPNU um, a couple weeks ago at 9 o'clock, right? In the first half, I think there may have been five or six total fouls called between the two teams, right? So nothing at all. Officials doing what they're supposed to do, calling what had to be called. There was no foul trouble. There was no free throw shooting. It was just like, okay. And then in the second half, I don't know if they just grab the box score and fill it, but all of a sudden everything's being called. And you see that so many times, and it's so frustrating. Nobody who paid a ticket to go to that game is watching for fouls. Our women's basketball team won a game at Gardner-Webb last week, and there were 67 free throws shot between the two teams. <laughs> Radford won, 
but talking with Mike McGuire, he said it's just he get, he his, I think and he wouldn't mind me saying that he goes he said Rick it just gets worse every year. Not <laughs> good text message. At least in pro wrestling, you know that you know what's going on. And let's say this too, by the way. I get so agitated when people talk about wrestling being fake. No, wrestling's not fake. That's not how you use it. It is orchestrated competitiveness, sure. The outcomes, they know who's going to win. It's all scripted in that mind, in that sense. But it, you know, that doesn't take away from the enjoyment of it. It's just like watching a movie. You know it's scripted to end a certain way. And there have been occasions where the guy who ends up winning didn't know they were going to win the belt. But watching um, wrestling and you watch what they do, and Jimmy Vatt used to talk about this, those things that they do now, they're working real hard not to hurt each other. And I think that takes incredible skill. It might take more skill to not hurt one another, it does just to go out and unleash on somebody. Those guys really try to protect each other, and they know when somebody has seriously gotten hurt. That's the one thing I learned is you watch those wonderful WWE documentaries that they had on A&E. I mean, there was a lot of times where those guys were talking about, uh-oh, he's really, really hurt, and you need to kind of go out of the way to protect him as long as you can. So let's, yeah, the people who dismiss that, Yeah, Wayne from Ohio. Remember Radford's game last year against Notre Dame? Yeah. I mean, that, that was the one that still there still talks about it. I mean, that was a game Radford had won, and they started calling these things that were ridiculous in the final minute and a half. Notre Dame ended up winning the game from the free throw line. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pete writes in, Exactly, and when the moments do happen in wrestling, like when Hulk Hogan didn't know he was going to win the championship belt from Andre the Giant until toward the end of the match, that really shows through. Yeah, that's true. I did see that on a documentary that nobody told Hulk that he told how the match was going to go, but it was going to be up to Andre the Giant whether he was ready to get out, and he did. He kind of told him late in the match when they did that famous pick up Andre the Giant body slam and that emotion that he had was real you know because the pa- the torch had been passed by Andre the Giant but I think I've always been intrigued with wrestling the characters are just wonderful and I, I've always respected what they do I think it's incredible what they do because even when you're young and you're watching, you, you understand that nobody could beat the hell out of each other that way, <laughs> get up like that. But you understand what it is, but it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of it, right? Wrestling's never tried to be anything than what it is. The problem with professional sports that are viewed as, quote, legitimate, end quote, is that when you see these things happening, they're trying to tell you what it's not when your eyes tell you something else, Right? So that's that's the difference. That's the difference. I mean, I've been down to uh, you know back the first run of the show, 
I went down to uh, Boogie's camp. I watched those guys work. I know what they do, what they're doing, and what they're trying. It's it's amazing to watch them. I, I just I have a different mindset about pro wrestling. I, not sitting here, you know, trying to condone that it's all legitimate in terms of the outcomes, but what they're doing is very legitimate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go try it. Go try it. All right. It's entertainment. It it doesn't. Try to hide the fact that it's entertainment. But that's the problem with pro sports is that there's not any reasonable explanation when it comes across as just entertainment as opposed to legitimate competition. And that's what we're talking about. And when you have coaches that you know make their living at this, and they go in wondering if they're going to get a a good whistle? I mean, that, that's a concern. Yeah, there you go, Wayne. Yeah, I have proof. I had a broken window in this studio. <laughs> oh, one of the best and one of the most frightening days ever in radio when the boogeyman picked up the chair and threw it through the window. <laughs> oh, good stuff, though. You talk about some great radio. Ron Walton, my boss. Rick. Yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Great show, huh? Yes. You're going to pay for this. And I didn't I didn't have to pay for any of it. Jimmy paid for it. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> Crash. Awesome radio moment, I'll tell you that. That was legitimate. But we just want it all to be legitimate. That's all we want. I can handle human error from time to time. I can handle all that. Nobody's striving for anybody to be perfect in these calls. But as the one texture pointed out, when you see free throws of, you know, somebody shoots 30 or more and another team shoots eight, then you go, hmm, come on, man. Come on. That's, that's, something's not on the up and up. And I did experience one Radford game after I first got started. Um, was it year one? Maybe in year one. We played uh, Montana State because our head coach, Ron Bradley, he liked to travel and go take, take players places that they would never get to go to. So we went to Montana, Bozeman, Montana, and we played in the uh, Montana State Holiday Tournament, the Bobcats. Nice little town, you know. And we made it to the championship game against the host school. And I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but at the end of the game, they won the game by three or four points. And they shot 40, I want to say 40 free throws. And we had shot six. (laughs) They outscored Radford by like, 20-some from the line. And I'll never forget, I was out doing the post game, and, and of course, Ron Bradley would come out. Well, one of his assistants came out and said, hey, coach, uh, he just wanted to let you know he's not coming out tonight. Um, can you, When you wrap it up, 
come on out, we're leaving. We're not coming out for the – they had a big presentation lined up where they were giving the runner-up trophy to the Radford Highlanders. Well, those trophies, that trophy and those medals got left in Bozeman, Montana because Ron Bradley was certain that thing was fixed, and so did I. I left the building thinking that was, that was a rigged outcome. Much like the United States Olympic team, what was it? Was it the uh, 72 games when the Russians, they, the officials cheated and that team left those silver medals there? They never really collected them. But that was, that was cheating that night in Mosman, Montana. That was cheating. We had, oh, we had four or five players foul out, Yeah. And we still only lost the game by a handful of points, which shows you, you know, they knew they had to do that to give their team a win. I don't know why it was such a big deal, but but that was the one time I can remember specifically knowing that a game had been decided dishonestly. And that got me introduced into the college basketball world. So I'm like, oh, great, this is the way it is, huh? <laughs> And I've got a feeling, sadly, that probably happens a lot more than we ever hear about. It's just, unfortunately, it's probably become more of the norm. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We'll wrap up Hour 1, remind you what's ahead. Good discussion, though. Good text messages coming in, 744-2990. Stay with us. Best thing about the uh, Bozeman, Montana experience was we went ice fishing. And it was fun watching the basketball players at the time. They had never been. They had no idea how that worked. And we ate at a place that had, I ate a water buffalo ribeye. And I remember asking, would that be a little gamey, a little tough? No, no, no. It cooks up really well. Okay. So when you're at a place like that, you get a water buffalo ribeye. When the patrons there tell you that's what you need to get, that's what you get. And I did, and I remember I really enjoyed it. <laughs> mm. And that's what you do, man, when you go to places like that. Burnup will tell you. We'll talk to Mike about that coming up. But when you go to places like that, you don't, you're not eating at a chain, man. That's, it's just, no, 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 no. Just, you're going to go find some local, let's paint the whole experience the way it needs to be place to go eat. That's always the goal anyway. Sometimes you don't have time. Sometimes you have to just settle. But man, you just want to jump right into any place like that. And when somebody tells you when you get there, oh, you got to try this place, they've got water buffalo. That, I mean, that's where you're going. Right? That's what you're doing. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Hour two coming up. Good discussion, though. 744 It was fun getting everybody's thoughts about that.
No doubt the NFL would love Taylor Swift to be part of their Super Bowl Sunday. I think they'll replace Usher as the halftime entertainment with her if that happens. We'll be back. Right. 